1: Episode one hundred and ten of Myths podcast. My name is Matt Hoss and my dear co-host is the wonderful Mister Dan Rhodes. Hi Dan, how are Hi, you? Hi Matt, thank you for having me. Uh, welcome to this glorious day. It's a uh, it's another beautiful day of a lockdown episode of Myths and um, I'm, I'm just having, I'm blessed to have you, Dan. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good, Matthew. I um, have three days off now, which is very lovely, isn't it? Nice, nice thought.
1: Well, um, uh, Dan, because because you are currently working during this pandemic, how is how is How is work? What's it like? Because I haven't done it for a very long time. Well, Matt, unfortunately, I work in the travel industry, which is, and I'll use the business acumen, absolutely fucked. (laughs) Have you met the comedy industry? Because it's also very, very fucked.
0: Yeah. Also, I've got friends that worked in the theatre industry, and they're using the same business acumen, um, or business terminology.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, look. Oh my god! I dropped my mic. Uh,
1: We had such a professional introduction as well. (laughs) We were doing it so well as well. I really enjoyed that. It was like, oh, really nice, business, warm, friendly. And then, oh God, I dropped my mic. Anyway, Matthew, where was I on that professional (laughs) (laughs) discussion? What happened there, mate? What happened? Well, I think
0: the universe was like, Dad's getting serious. And then just threw my mic on the floor.
1: Well, you've recently walked the um the blue snowball and he threw it on the floor so i guess you've kind of made a bit of an avalanche come on that was good stuff nice. Very niche nice nice but uh for the people who love audio uh, audio equipment that's for you yeah um,
0: do you think people will notice that um we're you know now we've uh, got very professional sounding voices do you think it'll make any well, difference to the um
1: to the <laughs> to the quality of the podcast well, there are a lot of different cans we just opened. here. Uh, you said, "Does it? Um, do you reckon uh, we our voices sound more professional?" I think the audio equipment we use is more professional, but our voice is still drastically unprofessional. I mean, yeah. like we, we us two are still quite unprofessional. I yeah, say. and
0: I've got uh, like a we've got like a nice microphone now, but at the same time, it doesn't control what
1: comes out of my mouth. I, I wish there was a, a microphone for that, you know, like a, a Dan, a Dan sensor machine as well. like, Oh God, he's, he's, he's going on a rant about um, xenophobia again. Let's, let's just turn him down on that. One. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On. Um, um, but also, um, yeah, like, uh, what, what was one of the other things you uh, questions you just posed as well? Cause I think there's a lot of interesting subjects there. I think that was the only one I mentioned. There was something else I was going to say, but I totally forgot. Maybe, another, maybe, you, had, maybe you had one ready in your,
0: in your brain and you were like, oh, this is going to be an awesome question. And then you forgot when I punched my mic.
1: Yeah, I, I just threw it on the floor along with your mic as well. Uh, but, um, but to answer so-
0: your earlier question, before I rudely interrupted by punching the microphone. Um,
1: <laughs> Imagine you did it on purpose as well.
0: <laughs> I, um, no, it works. Yeah, works good. I'm in the travel industry. It's a bit sad really at the moment because a lot of people are having to be furloughed um i'm sure lots of redundancies will come mm-hmm. a lot of companies are struggling but is is what it is and uh, it's keeping everyone safe from covid19 so hey i'm sure this will hopefully hopefully this time next year we can all sit back and be like wow that was crazy wasn't it and hopefully not too many livelihoods are affected but just don't know at the moment don't you and that's the problem isn't it it's just uncertainty dan i've got
1: some big news though go on Cause you sound a little bit more interested. Cause this is big stuff, Dan. You're gonna lose your shit here.
0: Oh, you want me to put feign interest in what you're about to tell me?
1: Yes, like oh, that's brought. Like we're professionals now, Dan. You got to be more like, like, oh yeah. You have to like tease a bit more. You can't just be you in real life and like, oh, I don't really give a shit, Matt. Like you know, you got to help me out a bit here. Okay, sorry. Say it again. Um, remember the cheeky girls? They were weird, weren't they?
0: Anyway, <laughs> big news. Uh, <laughs> Didn't one of them marry a politician? Uh, what's his face?
1: Oh yeah, uh, Lembit Opic. Lembit Opic yeah. Why, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why aren't we talking about how weird his name is as well? Like everyone said his name, like uh, in because like it was just North. normal to have a politician yeah, called like, Lembit Opik, whatever the fuck his name was. I, that's like having an alien come down, be the politician. And we're like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. I think,
0: And I think he might've been an alien. Actually. I'm thinking back to times he was on television and he, right. yeah, he might've been it. I mean, he's one of our main listeners and I, if you're listening, uh, welcome back. Um,
1: but yeah, okay, his email is, uh, opic at, uh, kang. <laughs> uh, gmail.com. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he was always a weird man. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, what were you going to Ooh, tell me? Tell me um, the
0: exciting thing you were going to tell me.
1: Other important news. Opik's parents were from Estonia, but after the Soviet occupation under Joseph Stalin, they fled to Northern Ireland. Fun fact. There you go. Wow, and you just knew that off the top of your head as well, yeah. which is really... <laughs> off the really... top of my head. <laughs> Couldn't remember his name, but I knew his parents were from Estonia. And, uh... <laughs> and then they fled because of Stalin. Uh... Yeah, uh, Obviously. Um, So, big news, Dan. Ooh! Uh, I um I've actually um this week I started learning Spanish. Nice, oh, wow, amigos. Nice. Yeah, I started Hola. doing it. Uh, do you know any Spanish, Dan? See. Si. Uh, do you want to kind of like ask me some questions? I can. Uh, cause I I don't want to say I'm really smart, but I think I've picked up most of Spanish in a week. Yeah, I'll ask you some questions in the, in the Espanol, and I'll um and I'll. I'll translate my answers into English as well. Just, uh, just for the people, the idiots who don't speak Spanish, if you know what I mean. So here we go. Ask me a question, Dan.
0: Uh, Como estas?
1: Genuinely, my first response was, I know German. Ich bin gut, danke. (laughs) (laughs) I panicked, Dan. I panicked. Okay. um, uh, Estoy bien, gracias.
0: I'm, glad, I'm Matt. I'm very glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that about you. Also, I now have visions
1: of you going to Spain and just replying in German. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, that, genuinely, that's because that's how my brain works. though. because like I remember going to Russia on a school trip, and I've only re- I'm quite good at German, and uh, and that's and it's And it's also since I haven't studied it for a while that it's kind of locked in my synapse. Uh, so if I go to, back to Germany or I'm in that area, it'll start unlocking it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know what it is. Like um, uh, but I can't think of it straight away, but so when I was in Russia and I heard a foreign language, I assumed, oh, well, it's German. So, uh, so like a Russian person would be like, Duh, da, was das für And I'm like, "Oh yeah, ja, ich bin gut, uh, ich habe ein Pony." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> like that's that's not helpful. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so if you uh, you don't really speak any languages, do you?
0: Not really. No, I try to learn. Um... I tried to learn some Spanish when I was in uh, when I was traveling around South America for quite a few for like 2 months. I so was pretty I tried to get good at it. problem is is I just forgot it immediately. I actually think I don't This is a very weird thing to say considering I actually don't speak any languages, but I part of me thinks I actually have quite a good propensity for languages. Like when I have gone abroad I have picked it up quite quickly and I do remember phrases that I that I learned. I just wasn't ingrained enough to
1: actually I feel like if I really applied myself I probably could do all right. Um, I imagine, like, like I imagine you're the kind of person if you were dropped in a country uh, in a week, like you're stranded there. In like in the first like forty eight hours, you're like, yep, picked up the language. Uh, like, yeah, you got dropped in the middle of uh, the Congo. He's like, yep, I know Swahili now. Do They speak Swahili in the Congo. I don't know. To be honest, I took a one and I was hoping you would back me up on it. <laughs> I know they speak French. Yeah, that's the same language, right? Just a different <laughs> accent. Exactly the same. Exactly the same language. Do they I, actually um, speak French in the Congo? Yeah, they speak French in the Congo. Well, that puts the Congo in a different light. You know, I mean, when, their their currency
0: is the French.
1: Well, it could be Frank, as in Frank Sidebottom, as in like the uh, the uh, the musician slash performance artist. You're in a weird that mood today Yeah, I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> I've, all the Spanish has gone in my head. uh I've i actually—I started doing
0: German-Spanish Duolingo, and I need to get up German Duolingo to try and talk to my German friends. And then I tried to learn Spanish quite recently on Duolingo, but I haven't been on it for a while, so I should get back into
1: that. You know what, genuinely, because uh, I've got a new phone, so I'm able to pick up Duolingo and lots of different apps that I haven't used for a while, and it's quite good. I get to listen to audiobooks again, which is really, really good. Um, but also, but I I like because with Duolingo, uh, and that now I have this infinite wealth at my fingertips, I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to learn the ancient uh, um, Native American language, the Navajo, because what's stopping me? And uh, yeah, that's that's the kind of guy I am. I instantly, it's like, yeah, I'm going to learn it. But I picked Spanish because it's
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I do need to do because I have no doubt. I actually have a, watched a very interesting. We're getting very boring now, but I watched an interesting. Um, basically, it was an interesting thing about languages It was actually for, uh, it was the, that program the BBC do called the Twin Institute. It's when they take identical twins and they get them to do different tasks to see whether it's nature, nurture, or whatever. Um, and on this one, they were doing about languages. So they got two sets of twins, identical twins. And one, mm-hmm. they had to learn Swedish because they figured it was a language that was super far removed from anything they'd learn at school, um, and it's so different to English. So they yeah. took Swedish. Um, one, two, two of the twins went and learned it um, via like an actual teacher, like an actual Swedish teacher taught them for thirty hours a week how, for like two months how to speak Swedish. The other ones had to do 30 hours a week of um language learning apps like Duolingo, Babbel, Rosetta Stone, that sort of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They used a mixture actually to, to cover different topics. Um and they did 30 hours, they all both did 30 hours a week, and then their task after two or three months was to go to Sweden and where they were only allowed to speak Swedish to people and they had to go about and doing various tasks, only speaking Swedish, and it was which one yeah. did better or worse. Uh It was really interesting that actually there wasn't a huge amount of difference. Genuinely, I was quite they were quite impressed with how much the people that had done it via the language learning apps actually did know. The only thing they couldn't do was they weren't they could say phrases really well, but they weren't very good at understanding what was said back to them
1: oh i see compared yeah, yeah, yeah. to the
0: people that had had lessons because when you have lessons there's a physical human yes. being and they can correct you or they can reply to you in swedish so that you also learn how people what what the common phrases people would reply with are so you learn a lot and, more uh, conversation than you do vocab but you equally both learn. do
1: you know what i mean well and also i think i saw that problem because i did you know who one of the twins was by the way Yes. Yeah, Lembit Opic. Yeah, there was, yes. it was, yes. It's the Cheeky it was girls. It's actually the Cheeky Girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's that was obvious like that was obviously the obvious goal I could have went for, but I was like, you know what? I'll score an own goal. There we go. <laughs> um uh, and just um It's like your also, brain just completely the... forgot that the Cheeky Girls were
0: twins. I think that's just what happened. I'll, I'll let you forgive I'll forgive you about that.
1: But just to clarify for any of the listeners who are worried for the last ten minutes, um Opic later became involved with the then 24-year-old Gabrielle Imre from the double-act Cheeky Girls, but they split up in July 2008 after a difficult period. Just to let you know. Okay, time for a myth! Myths. So, um, welcome back so today we signed a... <laughs> a, a... <laughs> what? 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 Oh, that was such a bad start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start then? <laughs> you start. That, the way... that was funny. I mean, we should keep that in. That was funny. No. Um, Fuck you, Dan. No, welcome. You.
1: Okay. This... I'm professional, Dan. That was, you. That Dan, was Dan. you scrolling
0: on your screen, wasn't it? To try and see... Like, get... It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I was...
1: Trying to find the right spot, and I just wanted to fill the gap. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try this again now. Welcome back to Myths, and um, this is definitely the first time I've done this. Wow, that uh, so professional. So
0: what an intro to this after the jingle. And... Wow.
1: Thank you. I think I'm going to throw my microphone on the floor now. Um, now, <laughs> n- now we are starting a brand new saga today. We kind of just finished one with uh, the Brunhilds and uh, uh, Sigurds uh, whole saga, but we're starting a brand new one with Beowulf, which is really, really exciting, isn't it, Dan? Ooh! <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah, the, the camp guy's back. Uh, uh, yeah, so this is really cool. And, um, and I've been thinking about doing Beowulf since... We started this podcast. Actually, it's uh, it's one I've been looking forward to do. It's it's both one of these things which I look I remember vividly learning this story in year three. Not all of it, but the first part. It was part of our English thing, talking about old Norse stuff. That's how I started getting interesting in North mythology to begin with. And uh, so today we get to fulfill that. So it's really cool. Do you know much about Beowulf, Dan? Well,
0: my knowledge of Beowulf is as extensive as my knowledge of. Um achilles in the trojan war and the iliad because i of course have the seen film. the
1: film beowulf yeah oh so you've seen the film as well because i i remember watching because it was like cgi out yeah i went to watching. watch my, weird, i went to right?
0: some of my friends on my birthday actually to see beowulf when it came out and we were the and you like get the only one well, we saw it very close to it like i think it was only a few it only had a few more days in cinemas before it like it's um it's whatever it's time had run out. I don't know what, what I can't speak today, whatever it's called when the uh, it's run and it was going to be out of cinema soon. So we went into like you know, when they put films into like the really crappy small, like they, they kind of get demoted oh, yeah, as yeah. they yeah. go on. And uh, yeah, was, we were like the only ones in there, we just sat at the back watching it on. It was fun.
1: That's one of my, my favorite pleasures, to do to sit in cinema with me in it only. Yeah. Oh,
0: I remember it's... thinking it was really, genuinely, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I remember some of my friends didn't particularly enjoy it. And I know critics didn't enjoy it, but then some people did. I liked it. I thought it was good. It would be very interesting I to, to you... see why, if any of it's actually what happens in the story. Uh,
1: if I'm recollecting, I think it kind of is. They did do a different uh, variation of... A monster, but we'll I also talk remember about seeing
0: where... naked CGI girls in yes, Angelina yes,
1: Jolie. Yes, that's what I remember. That's the only, genuinely the only thing I remember. Oh yeah, I'm actually going to Google it tit now. Oh no, it's Lambert Overbeck. Oh no. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, um, so that was that as well. So, um, but I think the Norse mythology is quite a lot different, and uh, there's a lot of law that goes with it today. So let's start our first part. of Beowulf? Fire away, Amiga. The island of Zealand was the ancestral home of the Danes. skilled Skeffing was the founder of the Danish royal house, known as the Skildings. His son, Beo, succeeded him uh, at his death. Beo, like his father, was a powerful yet fair ruler. When he died, his son, Hilfdin, came to the throne. By the way, in the next three paragraphs, I'm just going to say there's about Fifty different Norse words, which none of us know how to say. Here we go. Heeftin had three sons, Hirogar, Hrothgar, and Halagar. His daughter, Is, married the Swedish king, Onela. Hrothgar became king after that. Hrothgar married Welfio and became the father of two sons, Hrothric and Horfmund, and of a daughter named Fiafro. I just guessed at that last one. Um, (laughs) So a big old genealogy of people I assume will never meet again. No, Um,
0: but that is the Norse way, isn't it, Matt? To just throw in some expedition and a family tree and all of the uncles and aunties and cousins and nieces and nephews
1: for absolutely no reason other than to confuse us. Imagine just also being like... uh, like as if one of us actually knew what one of the Oh yeah, yeah, O'Nealer. She's my favourite, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah, the only course.
0: thing we take from that is that Hofgar is our main man. He's gonna be the main king yeah. in this story, and now we know that he comes from a long line of other kings. That's the important thing. Yeah. He didn't a just king's king. <laughs> one thing's for sure about Hofgar, he didn't just appear out of nothing.
1: He does <laughs> actually have ancestors. It kind of seems like um, whoever made the story was like, right, we need some more context in this Hrothgar figure. Because we don't want to just jump him in uh, straight into the uh, exposition. It's like, yeah, family tree. It's like, Did that clear anything up? No. Okay. Sorry, no. They're like, Hrothgar um, was
0: a person who had parents.
1: Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, a bit like the parents of Lembert Opik, who fled from Estonia. No, Can I also just go, mention,
0: uh, uh, family. I won't, what I also want to mention is, this is also quintessentially Norse mythology. They love alliteration, don't they? In Norse mythology, like you mm-hmm. can't name, if you have multiple children, you've got to make sure that all their names start with at least the same letter of the alphabet. Is that a law in like well the Viking actually, time? I don't I'm, know.
1: Is that, it seems to be a common theme. You know what? I'm, I'm, this is entirely a guess on spe- and speculation. But do you reckon you know, like in Nordic and uh, um, Scandinavian countries, that if you uh, like, if you are born a son, you are called. For example, Stieg Larsson. If your Lars is your dad, you're Stieg Larsson. Uh, in, do you reckon if you are born into like a new family, you take the first letters of your father's name. So like Hrothgar, and that's like a, it's like a surname of sorts, maybe.
0: Yeah, that's why they've all got the same. Like they've all got H in their names.
1: Mm. Yeah, or, or, uh, it might be. It's a, it's a, it's a theory, which is probably ill-founded and probably uh, provable against, but it's, it's something, right? And it's
0: also a theory that I'm not going to look up, so I'm just going to assume. <laughs> that, and that's the good thing about theories, right? We just we just and say it.
1: It's up to people to let us know. <laughs> it's nice that we're really nice and professional on this podcast. We do our research beforehand, and we just guess. Um, but the important thing is Hroth, Hrothgar. He's our guy, Hrothgar. You sound like a an old dog trying to bark.
0: Rothgar. Well I went to pronounce the H at the beginning of his name, but I realised we're just gonna treat that like silent, aren't we? His Rothgar. Rothgar.
1: Well it's, yeah. Hrothgar. Um Hrothgar was a strong and brave young king who had won glory in battles. Like his predecessors, Rothgar was known for his fairness and generosity. Hrothgar built a grand palace or hall called the Heliot, where the loyal and brave Thanes dwelled and dined with him. They resembled something like a baron or a free retainer who provided military service to a lord or king, which was normal practice in Anglo-Saxon times.
0: I also know from a book I uh, read recently, one that you got me actually, the Greg Jenner book. Um, I realised that you know Vikings—they all used to have like, um, or the Danes—they all. Um, it's very common in like the towns to have a a centralised, massive like mead hall or palace. Yeah, and I the palace the was hall. like it was opened up like you know how in medieval times like peasants didn't really go to the the king's castle well mm-hmm. in Vikings i believe they did like their their main grand it looked like i'm picturing like a grand hall out of like harry potter and hogwarts um mm-hmm. and it was open to people all the time and that's where the community it was like the town hall but it was also in the palace
1: that, oh yeah um and the, and a lot of cool. people
0: slept in there as well like soldiers used to sleep in there like these to have like beds on the side, like the the tables that you'd eat dinner, and then the tables would get pushed to the side of the hall, and they'd become like beds, and everyone would sleep there when they're drunk.
1: Oh, you know what? I would I would love that in a pub where, like, you know, you just had the the right amount of drinks. You've uh, been drinking in the afternoon. You have yeah, you, you have your dinner, a little nap at the side, lovely stuff.
0: Yeah, that was genuinely what they did in like um, Viking times. Like I remember reading that they genuinely like the, the like noblemen even like after a dinner party would sleep in the hall. Like, everyone would, like, have a massive sleepover.
1: Imagine that in Game of Thrones. The Red Wedding would be totally different. Yeah. Cool, cool, isn't it? Vikings. That's actually a Um, Viking fact I actually do know, because I read it. Dan, we don't like facts on this show. We just like (laughs) to guess aimlessly. (laughs) Like, hope for the best. Hrothgar was at the height of power when the most devastating event struck his kingdom. In Heriot, Hrothgar and his thanes had
0: finished their joyful feast before they had retired for the night, the thanes normally slept in the hall. Oh, my God, as if that just happened. You just did a Matt Hoss I did just do what? a Matt Hoss. I actually <laughs> didn't know that was in there.
1: Oh, my God. See, I wasn't wrong, was I, Matt? Well, I actually put it in. Uh, I actually typed it into the, do- the Google document. as uh, Yeah, yeah, just to oh. make you feel better. No, no. You, you, you are right. In Harriot, there was a thane
0: no. where a sinister... Yeah. Excuse me. I will decide how to spell that word. <laughs> pronounce that word. Near Heriot there was a fen where a sinister creature, which the Danes know as Grendel, Grendel. dwelled at the bottom of the lake. Descriptions of Grendel were poor. Grendel could be either a giant or a demon. Perhaps he was an ogre or a troll. Whatever the creature was, it was humanoid, possessing arms and hands. The poem seemed to indicate that Grendel was a water demon. What Grendel looked like was anyone's guess. We're informed that the creature had lived in the fens and moors since the time when the biblical Cain had murdered oh, his brother. Cool. So basically, are we do believe that no one really knows what... Grand- everyone's terrified of this monster, that ha- everyone vaguely knows what it looks like. But that's part of the terrifyingness of it, I guess. Is it like, yeah. what is he? He's just this humanoid creature that comes at night and does horrible things, I assume. He
1: lives under the water as well. Uh, uh, well, we, we assume it's a he. We just... Well, it says he, but we're assuming it's gender. Also, I like how it, like, uh, I like the the phrase, like, uh, the descriptions of Grendel, as in, like, uh, it's absolutely shocking the descriptions of it, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the things that's is it because, I imagine that though, because people would be like, you know, oh
0: my god, I can't believe I just saw Grendel, and you'd be like, but maybe he's so terrifying, you're like, oh, he had arms, and he was tall, and he was,
1: oh, uh, he was dating uh, the like, cheeky girl, it was really, it was weird. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You're going to keep milking that, that. Well, you? I can
1: stop now if you want, but I think it's funny.
0: It's,
1: it's funny. It, you, know like, you know what? While everyone slept in the hall, obviously, I know that because I'm a... Viking expert? Well, we had a Viking expert in uh, 101, and that was both of us. So we are Viking experts. So <laughs> While everyone
0: slept, Grendel <gasps> struck. The demon killed and carried off 30 of Hrothgar's brave thanes. Grendel took the corpses back to his lair at the bottom of the lake. Grendel fed from the blood and the flesh of the slain warriors. In the morning, Hrothgar and his people were terrified of the bloody gore, and the king grieved over the loss of his loyal subjects. Oh, no. Hrothgar tried to gather his most brave soldiers to track down and destroy the creature, or set them to guard the people in Herriot. All this to no avail. Grendel would come to Herriot every night on a bloody rampage, murdering the strong and the weak alike, feeding on the dead. Hrothgar had thought, Grendel, but he could not even harm the demon. This had gone on for twelve years until Grendel had deprived Hrothgar of many brave warriors, Holy crap. So every now and then, over the course of 12 years, this water demon just rocks up
1: and kills those people. 30 men's quite a lot to go in one go, as well. Yeah, it's like a little refrigerator at the bottom of the lake just to kind of put all the dead bodies in. Maybe. I'm pitching
0: Harriot as like, it's not a tiny village, clearly, because they've obviously got people to spare. But maybe it's like a medium-sized town. Like, it's a decent size. And every night, this creature comes and just messes stuff up.
1: What's going to happen next? I see what that actually reminds me of. It's like, um, this: so we have this unknown monster at the bottom of a lake who kind of feasts periodically on um, victims of a certain town. This actually rings quite closely to Theseus and the Minotaur. You know what I mean? With the tributes, the the kind of dark monster figure that you're not quite sure about. And uh, you're like, yeah, that's true. Only the Minotaur famously, obviously the good thing about Minotaur is
0: people selected who to sacrifice to him. And also it never left its labyrinth. This is terrifying because this creature just comes whenever it wants. So
1: let's, let's get to know who our protagonist is. By this time, after the 12 years, a young fame and nephew of Hykalak named Beowulf um, had heard. That's the person. This is, that's that's the main guy, I think. Yeah. How do you know? For sure. Because because it's called Beowulf, but there might be a coincidence. So Uh, no, actually, it's named after. uh, Halfway through, there's a wolf that has a six pack. Oh, Beowulf, nice. Um, Come on, that's not bad. Give me something, Dan. (laughs) Give me something. That was no, that was good. Beer, Beowulf. I got it.
0: It's got a six pack, like a six pack of beer. That was good. Well,
1: maybe, uh, maybe laugh. Am I desperate? Uh, Yeah. All right. By this time, a young thane and nephew of Hygelac named Beowulf had heard of the event in Heriot. Beowulf was the strongest and the bravest warrior in the world. Beowulf was determined to aid Hrothgar against Grendel to win the glory of slaying the dreadful demon. Beowulf took 14 of Hygelac's bravest thanes with him. Beowulf was the son of Jesus Christ. Um, right, before I say it, it's spelled E C G T H E O W. Um Beowulf was the son of Ethago and Hygelac's unnamed sister. On his father's side, Beowulf belonged to the family known as the Wigmundings, uh, including Wiglaf, whom we'll meet soon. Hygelac was the son of Hrethel. Have I just got all the ones just saying all the names? Because this is a fucking fist <laughs> You just got the genealogy bits. It's important,
0: Matt. We're doing a saga. It's important that we know no, who No, you're is. the
1: one that's supposed to say all that uh, the horrible names, and I laugh at you. It's not funny when I do it. I know, but this is beautiful, because, you know, you're the expert. Off you go. Yeah, I am a Viking expert, I suppose. Oh, sorry, Gene, a boat's best for this. Um, was the son of Harathal, king of the Geats, uh, Heiglack had also two older brothers, Harald Ebald and Haithson. Haithson had accidentally killed Harald Ebald in a hunting trip. That That's the end of that story, by the way. Just done.
0: <laughs> also, you nailed Harald yeah, Ebald, by the thank way.
1: You, you, you smashed the Yeah, you hit that hard. That was because good. Because it could have went wrong, but Harald Ebald, lovely stuff. Uh, thanks, man. Um, Haithson succeeded his father, but Ongathio king of the swedes have killed him in the battle of ravenswood so the high Galact was the current king of geatland in southern sweden Was no was no it just beowulf has just arrived that's all you need to know like
0: so a bit like hrothgar all we've learned is that beowulf's really strong and he also has yeah. ancestors he wasn't just made for <laughs> nothing he is the product of sexual reproduction many generations down the line
1: I I might start my next Edinburgh show just going back my whole whole ancestry and at the very end just do one joke goes, up that's all I have time for bye (laughs) (laughs) this is the equivalent though
0: you know you made a joke about the Aegean boat specialist but this is the equivalent of that book in the Greek mythology that just names every ship oh yeah yeah
1: (laughs) That's the second book of the Iliad where it's called The Catalogue of Ships and it just literally names all the ships. It's like, wh- what the hell is this chapter? Yeah, that's the equivalent of this, isn't it? Why do they do that? Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, who, Yeah, who cares? Anyway. Beowulf arrived at Heriot with 14 of his companions. They met Wolfgar, Rothgar's messenger and advisor. Beowulf entered the hall of Heriot wearing his splendid corslet mm, made by the master smith, Wayland. Beowulf then introduced himself to the Danish king. Um, do you want to be Beowulf uh, introducing himself?
0: And he's very I Danish. Be. I can't do a I can't do a Ray Winston accent though because that's how Beowulf. Oh yeah, in I'll try and do my own. Can thing you be it. like very Danish? Yeah, I'll try. I'm going to try and Mads Mikkelsen this. <laughs> oh, he didn't has I don't have any lines do I? I just got yeah, am i just riffing this. I'll be the Danish king. Okay, okay, I'm going to be Beowulf. Okay, here we go. <clears throat>
1: Hello there, king. I am Beowulf. Hello there, Beowulf. Welcome to my kingdom. Now tell me, have you just been made up on the spot?
0: No, I will tell you about my <laughs> genealogy. <laughs> Look over there, it's a Beowulf. My dad is called <laughs> Ecgtheor, and I have a sister, Hyglachis. On my father's side, I belong to a family known as Freymunglindings, including Wiglaf, who you have most likely heard of. Heigleklek is the son of Hrethel, king of the Geats. Heigleck had also two older brothers, Heiderveld and Heathclin. Heathclin had accidentally killed Heidveld in a hunting trip. I will tell you about it, but it's really boring. Heathkling succeeded my father, Unglefleur, king of the Swedes. He'd killed him in battle in Ravenswood, so Heigleck was named current king of Geatland. <laughs> sorry, where was I? Sorry, it's a, it's a, Oh, yes, I'm Beowulf. Uh, s- sorry,
1: I, I drifted off half a through. Can you repeat that?
0: All right, this, um... I'll tell you sometime, I was in need. Also, <laughs> I... Oh, I can't remember what a Danish accent sounds like. Is that sound obvious? a bit like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I sound like someone who... I sound like a French hero. Yeah,
1: I like that. Okay, here, here's the bit where it gets good. When Hrothgar heard that the young Gita Shiro wished uh, to aid him in slaying the monster Grendel, the king and his wife, wealthy Yamo, warmed him... Warmly welcomed Beowulf and his warriors as guests. Here, Beowulf had told them that he had previously killed five giants and a sea monster. Not every dame received him warmly, though. Unferth thought the young hero was reckless and a braggart. Unferth had heard that Beowulf had lost a swing race against Breca in the sea while they wore a full male shirt, armors, and a sword. What? That's the worst sport I've ever heard in my life. I've ever heard the Beowulf had
0: lost a swimming race in the sea while they wore. So they had a sw- they had a race. Uh, they swam across the sea as a race, but they had to <laughs> wear armor.
1: Because <laughs> imagine that in like a, imagine that in the Olympics, like there a whole uh, a whole eight people are wearing like full chainmail night armor. Like got the whole shebang. This is an open water ten kilometer swim, <laughs> and in they all jump in and just and sink sauce. to the bottom like, and start drowning. <laughs>
0: yeah. But hey, uh, do you know what? That shows how strong Beowulf is. Like you've got to be fit to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely.
1: Did you know in the ancient Olympics there was actually a race, like it's kinda of like a jokey race, where um they would have like the hundred meters, but they would also have one called the like the hoplite race where uh, they get dressed in my like, armor and had to do like laps in it, and apparently it's like a bit of a jet ju- Fun fact. That is a fun fact. You're not the only expert on this. Um so yeah, that's quite strong of uh, Beowulf in all fairness. Um but it's not quite the truth. Beowulf told Unthor what really happened. Beowulf became separated from his swimming opponent when he became involved with a life-and-death struggle against the sea monster. Beowulf dispatched the monster with his sword. Hrothgar became very fond of his young
0: guest, that he had promised to reward Beowulf if he managed to kill Grendel. Beowulf knew that the monster was carrying no weapons, so Beowulf declared that he would confront the monster without the use of his sword. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> He's like, Well the de- what kind of weapons does the demon have? The demon doesn't have any weapons. Well pff, that's unfair if I fight oh, him with what? the
1: weapon. <laughs> I like, imagine
0: I mean the sea monster didn't have a sword either, but he still had to kill it with a sword. I mean that's the stupidest logic ever. I, I, I imagine that in like uh um like bringing Dan, get the tiger in
1: the room. Matt, the tiger doesn't have a gun, so it'd be unfair for me to oh, have a gun. Kind of, kind of like, I'll like, take it from here. Hey, you brought a knife to a gunfight. Well, sorry about that. Here's another gun. You can shoot it all properly now. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like also, like they want to get rid of this. This is like this is not a heroic thing. It's a pest problem. Like, yeah.
0: If Beowulf was like, I'm the most heroic soldier ever. I come from far and wide to kill this creature. It's going to be one of the mm-hmm. many. It's just going to be another creature added to the list of my impressive monster killing CV. But, by the way, I'm not going to have a sword. If I was the king, I'd be like, you don't understand. This has been killing everyone in the village every night for the last 12 years. Can you just fucking kill it, please?
1: For the love of God. I I also know that this is a saga, right? So we know that this goes on for a bit. But I'd be so funny if Beowulf, in the first second, be like, all right, let's fight this monster. and gets ripped to shreds instantly. Oh, my God, I misjudged this massively. (laughs)
0: After a supper and a long talk between Throthgar and Beowulf, no doubt about their fucking (laughs) family, the king and his retainers left the hall and went to bed, leaving Beowulf and his followers to guard the hall. Late at night, Grendel left his underwater lair and stealthily entered the hall. All of his companions fell to sleep in the hall while Beowulf waited in the dark. Grendel killed one of the sleeping Gatish warriors. When Grendel went and attacked the next victim, Grendel was not only surprised to find him awake, but his prey had actually prevented him from crushing his victim. For once in his life, Grendel knew Holy fear shit. and pain pain because Beowulf's grip on his monstrous hands was so strong that he could not disengage from the hero. Grendel felt agony as he felt Beowulf crush his hands and fingers. Beowulf was oh my, relentless. So he's gone to pick up Beowulf and crush him, but Beowulf has grabbed him, grabbed his arms to stop him, right, and then crushed kind his hands. Kind of like
1: uh, here's a nerdy reference for you in uh, Avengers Endgame, where uh, Thanos has the glove on with the and uh, Captain Marvel grabs his hand and kind of like like stops him from using it a bit like that. I was also thinking this is
0: a year ten secondary school GCC reference. Um, of Mice and Men, when uh, Lenny goes to when Curly goes to punch Lenny and he, like, crushes yeah, his hands. That's, yeah, that's
1: a better reference.
0: Fun fact about the film with Gary Sinise, John
1: Malkovich is in that. Do you know what else John Malkovich is in? Beowulf. <gasps> Boom. Lovely stuff, Dan. We are on fire today. By on fire, I mean we have brand new microphones and the content's fine.
0: <laughs> a deadly struggle ensued as the monster tried to escape <clears throat> Beowulf. What kind of breath.
1: noise drinking Grendel makes when he's in bait? Not a goat, I don't think. He's like, I killed the monster! Beowulf, that's a fucking yeah. goat that wanders in overnight. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like you killed one of my men. No, he didn't he just like fell over him <laughs> like Yeah. Wow, that was easy to kill. It's like, yeah, because it was a goat. <laughs> like, you killed my pet goldfish, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you killed one of the cheeky girls. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> Milking it. That's, um, by the way, that's Grendel's. Um, that's what
1: Grendel does when he's killing people. I am the cheeky girl. Yeah, she does the last catch of songs. That's a 2000 <laughs> reference. That
0: was. Um, Beowulf's companions watched in awe before they joined in the fray to protect their leader. Oh, yeah, so right they just sleep. They tried to hack at the monster with their swords, but to no avail. Grendel was invulnerable to all weapons of war. Finally, Grendel felt excruciating pain as Beowulf <laughs> tore off one of his arms from his shoulder. His lifeblood sprouted from the large wound. Lifeblood, yeah. blood, I think is the word we're looking for. Sprouted from the large wound. Grendel immediately fled from Beowulf and Heriot and returned to his watery home to die in agony because his wound was mortal. Shit, so he,
1: he ripped He's off done his it. arm. He's ripped the demon's arm off, yeah. Now that's now right. That is intense, right? That's, that's WTF. That's classic Norse.
0: Yeah. In heriot Hrothgar and his subjects were awakened from titanic struggle between the gaitish hero and the monster, found Beowulf holding Grendel's missing arm as proof of his victory. They all knew that Beowulf had dealt a death blow to the creature that had killed many, many of Hrothgar's warriors. In the morning, the people of Heriot celebrated the death of Grendel. The Danes arranged a great funeral pyre to the Gaitish warrior who had murdered by Grendel last night. Oh. Hrothgar's bard recorded Beowulf's late night feat. The bard made a comparison of Beowulf with the hero Sigmund, and who's Sigmund?
1: Uh, the guy we looked at. Uh, so uh, the guy who killed Fafnir, the dragon. He is. He yes. killed the dragon. Oh, that's re- I didn't know that was a cool link. That's nice.
0: I think I said at the time, I I remember saying at the time when you were talking about Sigmund, because you kept pronouncing it Sigmund, and I said, oh, I think it's Sigmund, because I knew that because one Sigmund Freud, and also that's who he's named after, because that's a popular German name, because of, it's a popular German and Danish
1: myth, the Sigmund Fafnir one. Uh, Yeah, so they're both great comparisons because they killed like a mythical monster, right? Um... Mm. The Bard also told the war
0: between the Danes and the Frisians, Hildebrut. Oh, here we go, here we go, my my
1: vengeance is sweet,
0: yeah,, okay, here we go <clears throat> Hildebra, the sister of King <laughs> of the Danes, had married Finn, the king of the Frisians. War had broken out between the two tribes at Finsborough. Hildebra's brother and son were killed in the fighting
1: <laughs>
0: Hengis became the new leader oh of the Danes, goodness. and an easy truce was settled between the Danes and the Frisians. Hengis broke the peace when the Thane, Hunlething, incited the new king to take vengeance upon the Finn and the Frisians. Finn, Hildebert's husband, was killed and his hall was looted. As Hrothgar had promised, he rewarded the young hero with splendid armour, helmet and a banner depicting a wild boar. Hrothgar also gave the hero the sword belonging to his father, Hafdien. Good fucking God. Oh my God. Uh- what is any of that relevant? So, hold on. Or is that just another? So
1: let me, let, Let's me unpick that for a second. So we had the, the war between the Danes and the Frisians. And I think what's happened here, uh, so in ancient epics, so what we're reading from is a summary, but what it is is that the bits the the, the bards on there's the bits which are irrelevant, the, the, the genealogy, these are all part of the text. And these are things that we'll be reading as well. And what the, the uh, translator has done is that they kind of put them in. Even though they're not quite relevant to the summary, it's what's being said in text. If you know what I mean, so this, uh, the, so the barn is kind of given a very colourful description, and this person's put it in. We don't really, we, did, we didn't necessarily need it, but the point is that Hrothgar... is that this is
0: the story they were telling yes. at the at the party or the, the feast, the celebration of Grendel's death, and
1: yes, and this is. Um, in any ancient epics, it's a it's an oratory thing. So it's not to be written down. It's always to be spoken out loud. Maybe not less with Norse mythology. I don't really know, but especially ancient Greek and Roman, it's meant to be said out loud. It's not necessarily said uh, um, uh, over text. So yeah, it's supposed to be. And also, a lot of
0: the the lot of the time that the classical texts like this are to uh, they serve a purpose at teaching people the to to general readers. I danish and viking people who would have read this myth like
1: a bit about themselves history yeah be it real or otherwise absolutely it's like um, and the, 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 there's a meaning their identity there's many myths in between it like uh, with Ovid's oh, metamorphosis There's loads of mini myths and that's what's happened and when we get those small little things like oh the grandma with 900 heads that's like a mini myth there because like, it's it was supposed to be linked to a different thing as well but anyway um but the whole point is that beowulf gets given a lot of different uh gifts he's uh, he's become the adopted son of Hrothgar, but it there's more thing done beowulf had also received
0: precious a precious cup which was a family heirloom by giving the ancestral sword of the hero it indicated that hrothgar would like to adopt beowulf as a son and make him heir instead of his own son hrethric oh i don't think that's gonna go down well quelfrio <laughs> was aware of her husband's intention actually asked hrothgar to give whatever gifts he wished to Beowulf, but not to deprive one of her sons the right to rule after him. Welthrio also bestowed some more gifts to Beowulf, a necklace and a corslet. The Danish queen also appealed to Beowulf to be kind to her sons.
1: (laughs) I mean, as if he's going to punch him in the head.
0: Oh, we've got a bit of a prelude here. Hrothulf, Hrothgar's
1: nephew, would one day betray Hrothgar. Okay. But, dun dun dun, we'll find out about that. Later on in this saga, but that is the end of part one. And we're going to rank it right now. Hey there, my name is Matt Haas, and in this link I have an American accent. And I advocate the safe use of this podcast. In small doses okay so um dan did you enjoy beowulf so far is it interesting i'm really enjoying beowulf i think we're onto a good one here it's gonna be a good little saga yeah so
0: um as kind of mentioned i've always enjoyed our sagas actually jason the argonauts the iliad the odyssey i liked i like them all they're all good house of pelops they're all good the aeneid
1: the aeneid yeah um uh yeah and i think there's some really cool uh stuff in here. And I think this is more Anglo-Saxon rather than Norse, but there's obviously uh, links between the two. So, um, so I think it's acceptable. But uh, yeah, so that's just uh, this is already quite a long episode, so let's go and talk about, uh, let's go and rank it straight away. And if you're new to this, uh, we rank this in four different categories. That's on life skills, the stuff, practical things we learned, there's morale, um, morals, which the, the ethical lessons we've learned, creativity, and WTF, and uh, the, the messed up stuff at the end. So, uh let's talk about life skills. Right, let would smash this? What what kind of life skills? Okay, we learned how to uh we learn ancestry.com. We learned ancestry. Yeah. Uh
0: we learned how to swim and kill monsters with our armor. Yeah, we learned we learned how to
1: rip a demon's arm off. Massive one. That's a big that's the key one, I would say. Um we learned how to stay awake at night. we learned how to, stay, learned how to have a good time at a feast. Yes, and how to sleep on floors, etc. Um we we learn how to um ooh, uh, get vengeance, I guess, but that's more of moral, I suppose. Uh we learn how to give gifts at the end there. We learn how to like um honor someone who's done you a great favor. Also, how to kill 30 men and uh, survive surviving your lair as well, to do it often as yeah. well. Um hmm. after that, not much else to be honest. I think that's not a lot actually. But we have one key one, which is, like, ripping off swimming and also killing other monsters as well.
0: Maybe five? Can I just say one thing this myth did... Because this myth was very ambiguous about what Grendel was. Was he a water demon? Was he, like, a a creature? Whatever. I mean, maybe that will become clearer later on. But one thing I will say, I don't know if you remember the movie, but the movie was genuinely... Grendel was
1: genuinely terrifying. That's interesting, because I wasn't sure... Because in my head, I, I remember as a kid, because I learned this as a kid, I remember m- what the impression was in my head. So when it ripped off its arm, it was so visceral as well. In this, we kind of went over it quite fast, but like the, the act of like pinning it back and like uh, using his own strength against him and ripping it out of the socket. That's, that's yeah. such a... Like, we can't... Emphasize how visceral that is as well. Like to, and the, imagine like we we, we kill a lot. in the film. He crushes it against the big the big iron door yeah. to the to the hall. Yeah, and also waving that, that trophy at the end as well. Like he got a whole yeah as well. Yeah. Um, and also, if you were perhaps. Beowulf and you had any haters, like uh, what I'd do is get the the arm of uh, Grendel, uh, make it flick the bird, and then that, every time someone pisses you off, you go <laughs> like that. Nice. <laughs> Life <laughs> um, skills. I'm going for six, six. Maybe? Yeah, I think six is fine. It's not lots, but more. I guess more than average. Morals. Um, be open to help and be open to uh giving help and receiving help. That's kind of the the how um how a horafar survives is by opening his door to all the strangers and being a kind host
0: yeah that's true that's true don't eat Uh,
1: people how to do a job to be fair to him he's got he's came for he's done the job absolutely he's a merc with a smile um i i guess it's just um yeah don't eat people after that though not a lot in my head sleepover
0: it's called taught us that sleepovers don't always keep you safe (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah. if anything it
1: just makes you all a bigger target (laughs) um but also we had um we also had um that guy being a little bit shitty to Beowulf as well, saying, oh, you you, you didn't win this sea race. It's like you don't have to judge a person's failure because there might be something different as well.
0: Yeah, another moral, and I think this is going to become bigger as we go on, because it just seems to have been the very end of this one. But um, he's he's made Beowulf his heir, and that might piss off his actual
1: sons by the sounds of it. Absolutely. That's a big thing to do as well
0: yeah I think that's gonna come back and be a part of this it's gotta be right I mean they haven't And unless it's just classic north <laughs> misdirection where they're just <laughs> a big thing that they're never gonna go back to um yeah
1: okay, maybe maybe a four or five I'm not sure
0: I'm tempted to go four
1: actually I don't think morals were particularly high in this one. it's average, I'd say there's some big ones but not a lot to it do you know what I mean four let's do four creativity I think this is creative I'm not gonna lie' to for it I think and I know
0: we do, we mocked the genealogy stuff, but that was creative. I mean, someone had to come up with about back, that backstory.
1: Yeah, yeah, it took him um, like twenty minutes. Um,
0: and actually, I I was picturing, I wasn't even picturing when I had Tro- when we did the Iliad. My problem was that when we talked about Troy, I found myself picturing the characters from the film: Brad Pitt as Achilles, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, but Eric Banner as um, Hector, suppose Hector, but in this one i didn't actually because this is genuinely a bit different in the way they describe stuff yeah um, but i was really i was really into it like i was picturing this horrific demon that comes at night like this super scary grendel i was picturing the king and all the fun they were having in the hall i could picture beowulf swimming in the sea like it, there's a lot of narrative here like we really feel like we've got some char- like proper
1: characters here some proper protagonists and as you say it was colorful it was, it's a vibrancy which we saw like the that the grimness of a monster and its lair but also contrasting to the side of a, a warm hearth as well i think yeah there's a lot of different um it's quite vivid as well so uh yeah maybe maybe like a i don't know maybe a six seven i was gonna six or seven. Yeah. Should go seven yeah i think seven yeah i agree and spot uh, all right wtf right so we've got the big one
0: well, we'll start with the small, which is that they had a race where they swam in their armor yeah. and he had to kill a sea monster. Yeah. And that's his genuine excuse for losing. It probably <laughs> happened as well. So that's crazy.
1: That sounds a bit like a humble brag. I, yeah, uh, I did lose that race, but I had to kill a sea monster. Oh, third world problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. At first I thought he was maybe
0: lying, but considering the ease with which he ripped Grendel's arm mm-hmm. off, I was like, well, actually, he probably is a pretty, I think he's a badass.
1: I think we can say that about Beowulf. Um What's also the BTF is that he's adopted above the rest of Rosh sons. That's quite messed up,
0: right? Yeah, and he's kind of like made air. Like he's only been there at night, mm-hmm. but literally like a day and a night. Also, how everyone else falls asleep, but Beowulf's the only one that stays awake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because he's waiting for Grendel. He's hard as he's as hard as nut nails. He's, uh... <laughs> he's hard as nuts. <laughs> he's hard as he's hard as nuts. He's hard as a uh, the the seed, <laughs> the famous seed, he's the hardest seed. Um... That's a callback to 101, I want to say. Yes. Right. Um, no, WCF though, him ripping off the arm, that's pretty crazy. And how quickly he did it. And the fact that he was like, oh, he doesn't have any armor, so I'm not going to wear
1: any armor. Oh, he doesn't yeah. have a weapon.
0: I'm going to fight him as an equal. You're not an equal. He's a fucking demon.
1: And, yeah, I think that's big. Uh, but we don't have, in terms of gore, uh, well, we 30 men get killed, so we have to really not every, every year. Uh, so For 12 years. Yeah. Uh, so maybe seven or eight, but I'm thinking maybe seven. I think it's probably a seven. Yeah, seven. Right. I but I think that's an iconic moment there. Rip, uh, Beowulf ripping off the arm of a monster and keeping it as a trophy. That that is classic Norse mythology, right there. That is classic.
0: All right. So what's that? I make that six four seven seven. I made that twenty four. Is it? Yes,
1: absolutely correct. So a middle, a middle. Middle, um, middle. middle. it's pretty middle. Oh, brilliant stuff. Well, uh, Dan, uh, it's been a pleasure to chat once again. Should we do a professional outro? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Or should I do, I'll say something in Spanish first. Uh, okay, go on. Hasta mañana, amigos. There you go. See that you tomorrow. See you tomorrow at
0: Friends. Yes. I'm actually going to say hasta luego because i feel like i'm not going to see them tomorrow i'm going to see them later so that's why i'll say hasta luego well
1: really it's not really up to them it's it's, it's, uh, well it's it's up to it's up to them not not radios i guess so if you want to help me out listen to another podcast tomorrow well it's not just a random one um but if you want to help Dan out just listen to it later so uh yeah Uh, thanks yeah uh, uh let us know tweet us at miss Podcasts at twitter uh, or join our facebook group misfits and we we're looking to get more people uh join in and saying hello that'd be really good and also you can email us at miss at gmail.com that's m-i-f-f-s just to clarify some people still spell it with the y-t-h which like what how did you get this far and do it and never mind uh, <laughs> they don't uh, do they yeah i heard someone say oh sorry it bounced back and i was like yeah because you spelled the wrong fucking yeah anyway sorry <laughs> um, i mean even at this st- even in the in the episode descriptions we call them myths we're like this week's myth like on my phone it recognizes myths as the normal word now to solve myths <laughs> you know what i mean God. Um,
0: and we spent we went to great lengths explaining that in the very early episodes of why it was called myths, and I feel like this it just exemplifies that people don't listen to them in order. Oh no no yeah absolutely not. Um, looking at you. Also, Noah, uh, isn't our
1: logo on the podcast a massive yeah. green myths? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, you don't have to tell us to me, Dan. Like, honestly. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, we'd love to hear your email. Uh, so do get in touch. Let us know what you think about the episodes, uh, if it's positive, or and just get in touch. We love like to just hear your correspondence. Really, yeah, uh, it really makes our day. Uh, so if you um, enjoy it, let us know, and also give us five stars on iTunes. That's the only way that other people can see it and tell your friends. Um, it's we do. We've done a hundred these episodes and more for free. So uh, you know, it's the very least you can do. Anything else to add, Dan? Um, no. Okay, um do you wanna plug my my uh out my my comedy show on my website? Yes, if you go to Matt Hoss Comedy, um there is a website. Um it's re- is it dot .com, com com.
0: Mathoscomedy.com. Uh Matt's got a nice little page where he talks about all his upcoming events and his comedy stuff. I, I went to see him not that long ago in Wimbledon before this whole COVID thing started. Matt, <laughs> gotta say, was impressed.
1: I, I got a stunning ovation, but it was quite unique because people sat down. Sat well. down for it, yeah. yeah, yeah I, yeah, I, I yeah, noticed yeah. that as well. But hey, yeah. is what it is. Well, he did stand up, but to leave afterwards for the show. But yeah, it's. Um, but yeah, um, it was a uh, yeah. We, we'll we'll, uh, we'll I'll see you guys later on. Be on pleasure to chat to you. I hope you rip the arm off your week. Is that a positive thing to say? I don't know. In the in the context, yes. Yeah. Well, I've been mouse. I've been Dan roads. and this is Dean. A good show. Uh, All right, take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Mifs. Mifs. And just to clarify, uh, uh, by the way, your mic's going a bit weird, by the way. Yeah, it's because I sneezed into it. (laughs) Can't wait to see how much of that stays in. Yeah, I think think both of us uh, zoned out for about about half of that. (laughs) You know what? I actually know quite a lot of Spanish, but I don't know any numbers yet.